This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to Political Beatdown Late Night Edition. You know, Michael Cohen and myself, we we were running all around today. Like Cohen's getting deposed yesterday in the uh, New York Attorney General civil fraud lawsuit against Donald Trump, where the New York AG is seeking at least $250 million in damages. I was running around today. But you know what Cohen and I said? We got to speak to the brigaders. We got to talk about what's going on. We're going to be here as Donald Trump flees the country. Donald Trump is in Scotland. He had to make up an excuse. He's holding this shovel in Scotland. He claims he's doing some opening of a golf course. Doesn't really look like that to me, but he wanted to get the heck out of here because he saw E. Jean Carroll's heroism. He saw what strength looked like, and he wanted to get the hell away from that federal courthouse. Michael Cohen, how are you doing? How you doing there, Ben? Well, I had a big day today. Got my hair cut. You know, I'm going to be traveling very soon to Seattle. I'm doing a nice speech there on behalf of PBS and on the Amazon property. Yeah, I'll be in Seattle. So looking forward to that. I spend a good portion of the day writing what I intend to talk about uh, while I'm there. And at the same time, I'll be interviewed. So it should be very, very interesting. Of course, I'll report that back uh, to our brigaders. But wow, what a day it was the other day on Friday. Uh, Interestingly enough, 11 lawyers at the table, mine, 3 AG, and uh, seven uh, from the Trump side. Uh, Questions were asked by Alina Haba. Uh, and got to be honest with you, I thought she did a very good job based upon the circumstances. You know, I don't <laughs> want people to start crapping on me in the comments section. You know, she was very well prepared. She had her questions all laid out properly. I still don't understand the necessity for having me there, considering <laughs> there was no way that anything that I say uh, could be beneficial, you know, to um, to Donald. But she did a um, she did a relatively, um, she, I shouldn't say relatively, she did a good job. You know, I got to give her a little kudos. So let's let's rewind. Before you start giving kudos to uh, Alina Haba, which still feels slightly underhanded to me, but I guess you're giving her, you're giving her kudos for getting through the motions of asking you questions. So I, 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 I'll take it at what that's worth. So um, this took place when it took it took that's that's Cohen's sense of humor that people got to pick up on that I that I know by now. So Cohen, you did it when it was Friday. 
It was Friday, started at 10 o'clock, ended at 5. So this uh, is in connection a, with the New York AG's case, right? I just want to set the stage of what went down on Friday. Then I want you to tell the story. Yeah. So New York so Attorney let General. Me break it down. Let, let it down. me break it down in the easiest possible way. It's the New York Attorney General case versus Donald Trump uh, et al., meaning a whole slew of Trump-related entities, uh, individuals, Eric Trump, et cetera, um, Ivanka Trump. And it was at the um, was an office here in New York City. And again, it, I was subpoenaed by Trump's team in order to provide non-party witness, because that's what I am. I'm a non-party witness to the case. And I was asked uh, a series of questions, shown a series of documents. And you know, again, you know, not to be underhanded, Ben. You know, I'm. You know, there's only so much that you can do, right? Um, when you're deposing somebody, and the facts and circ and the, you know the the information does not benefit you. So there's only a certain amount that you can do in order to try to effectuate some sort of a benefit for your client. And I thought she did as good a job as anybody, considering, again, as we all know, in this specific case, the facts do not support a positive outcome the way I see it for Donald. Now, of course, I leave that up to our unsinkable Attorney General Tish James, but at the end of the day, uh, it will really be up to the jury that you know will be impaneled come hella high water uh, as stated by Judge uh, by Judge Engoron. How many lawyers were there? Uh, Eleven in total. There were seven from the Trump side, three from the New York AG side, and my attorney Jeff K. Levine. Wow! And so you show up. Did you think Habo was going to be the one asking the questions? Did you know who where it was going to come from? Did you suspect it was her? No, I had no idea. But then again, this isn't my first rodeo with uh, Alina nor is it going to be my last. You may recall I have uh, a trial which is coming up uh, in July against the Trump organization. Uh, she's also involved in the case whereby I sued uh, not only the United States government, Donald Trump, Bill Barr, um, uh, you know, and like 10 other people uh, as a result of the unconstitutional remand, she's involved in that case as well. So I suspect that I'll be seeing her again relatively soon. Why do you think she hasn't had any role, though, in the E. Jean Carroll case? She took a very prominent role in all the pretrial motions. She did all of the meetings and all of the with the court. She did all of the media appearances. Yet she's been MIA in that case where she was very aggressive. Yeah, um, I don't know. There are uh, three lawyers, I believe, representing Donald in that case, uh, you know, with obviously the most vocal uh, of them all is our dear friend Tacopina, um, or as we like to call him here, Taco Penis, uh, on the <laughs> on the political <laughs> beatdown. Uh, it's late night. Let it out. It's, it's late you know, night. You, you, you got to do this right before, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, before late night television. Look, uh, I have no idea why she is not uh, there front and center. To me, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if I would have anybody uh, questioning somebody like E. Jean Carroll, I would sooner have it be an Alina Haba as opposed to 
a Joe Tacopino who is coming off incredibly, incredibly rude, uh, very, uh, very heavy-handed uh, on a woman who has alleged such a disgusting, grotesque act committed against them, and I'm referring to the alleged, uh, you know, the allegations of rape uh, against, you know, um, against uh, Donald for this specific incident, which is a fucking heinous and disgusting, you know, act, if in fact, you know, it's true. Now, I do want people to recall that this is not a criminal case. This is a civil case, and it still nevertheless will be decided by a jury here uh, in New York. Rest assured that just as soon as that case is over, if in fact um, E. Jean happens to be uh, successful in this case, you could rest assured that it will go on appeal by the Trump side. But if I was to have anybody uh, questioning E. Jean Carroll, I would prefer it to be somebody that's not as abrasive, abusive, and um, let's just say uh, lack of empathy, somebody like Joe Tacopino. Or we could say Tacky. There was a different nickname given to Takapina. This is Takapina entering the courthouse yesterday. I'm not sure you've seen this video, Cohen. I don't know. This video, every time I watch this video, I, I, it brings me a new layer of like laughter and joy each time. And there's just lots of nuances in it that I find hilarious each time. But just watch what happens when Takapina enters the federal courthouse. Play this clip. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you see the way he just, just uh, his face, the nickname Tacky Takapina, you know, how angry he is. I mean, look, here's I the mean, thing. I mean, that's Don't just you. so not nice of them to do. The guy is just <laughs> trying to do his job, right? I mean, come on, give me a give me a break. It's it's this is the problem, right? When you're, you know, as vocal and as so disgusting true. as this guy is, uh, you know, what do you expect is going to happen? Yeah, you know, and the, it's exactly your point, which is it's one thing to represent someone. I think Brett said yesterday on the Midas Touch podcast, he's like, nobody knows or like criticizes Susan Necklace, right? You know, she just goes about her job. She's right. Donald Trump's criminal defense lawyer. And no one's saying Susan Necklace or making up nicknames for Susan Necklace. It's because she's just going about her job. Everybody, and we talk about this here on Beatdown, everybody has the right to their counsel of their choosing. I don't fault somebody for being Donald Trump's criminal defense lawyer. Everybody has the right to have a defense lawyer. It's a constitutional right. Um, in civil, it's a little bit different, but I, I don't fault lawyers for representing clients. The issue is when Takapina, when Taki Takapina takes on the persona of Donald Trump and he's no longer acting as just the lawyer representing someone, He's acting as like just another proxy of Trump, which is why I think that's kind of being directed at him in the personal way that it is. But did it surprise you, Cohen, though, that Donald Trump fled the way he did? And I think that's what he did. He fled the country. He could have chose to do this opening whenever. It's not like he was out there with a huge crowd. It was just like he's holding a shovel. What did, the- what did he open? I, you know, that's I, I'm just curious myself. 
What did he open? He didn't buy another golf course. Was he reshaping Aberdeen or um, Doonbeg or something like that? What, what the hell is he doing? Now, as far as the name calling for taco penis, all right, it's, it's not nice and we should all stop it. You know, the guy's got a job. <laughs> the guy's got a job to do, right? The problem is you know, when you're talking about such a vile display, which the guy, you know, clearly knows how to do, you know, what he's great at is to dish it out, uh, but he's terrible at taking it, which I just find, again, uh, you know, incredibly interesting and so on. And you know, at the end of the day, um, good for him. He should know exactly what it feels like. And it really is a good point. That's probably why I laugh at that clip too, because all he does is attack people over and over again. And there you just saw, they called him tacky Takapina. I mean, come on. And you can literally see it in his face, how, how like angry he gets. And he just like walks in like this here, just play the clip. If we can just one more time. Shame on you. I literally crack up every time I see the video. I don't know why. It's like the funniest video I've ever seen. To me. We should put that on. You know what you should do? You should put that on a loop. And every time that you're feeling a little down, you should just play it for yourself over and over and over again. It is kind of, it, look, it is kind of humorous. I like the lady in the background. Look, he should understand, as the rest of the country should understand, that we're this beatdown. Right. Our brigade, the American people, we're not going away simply because Trump wants to run off to Scotland. Interestingly enough, the last time that he was contemplating on going to Scotland, I believe they revoked his visa. They don't want him there. They don't want him in Scotland. They don't want him in Ireland. They don't want him anywhere over there uh, based upon you know his bullshit antics and so on. So, you know, why he went there, to be honest with you. It's better. It's better because he had to give an excuse as to why he wasn't going to come for such an important trial as this. But then again, as I stated before, this is a civil case. He is not legally obligated to appear. Um, you cannot draw an inference from his refusal to appear. Uh, but let's not forget that people are human. And it's not going to go unnoticed, nor should it go unnoticed. Not just forgetting about the jury. I'm talking about by society, by everyone. Interestingly enough, these maggots, these, these Republicans that are so entrenched into this world of Donald J. Trump, they don't care if he did, he didn't. They're not even interested in knowing the truth. It's all about whatever he says they're willing to abide by. It's amazing. It reminds me so much of like the Pied Piper. I mean, they're just going to follow him right off of a cliff of despicability. So, you know, we just have to give the old Bronx cheer to all of these maggots and give them the, um, the two-finger fuck you salute. You know, and so what E. Jean Carroll's lawyers are going to do, and this is part of their strategy, they're going to play Donald Trump's deposition uh, about 45 minutes of it. So all the lowlights, all the moments that Donald Trump just, you know, I mean, it's pretty much the whole deposition. He looked horrible, apparently, but they're going to show the 45 minutes. And then 
because Donald Trump's lawyers are not going to call him, Takapina, Taki Takapina is not going to call him. The way I think it's going to go down is you're going to show 45 minutes of the Trump deposition after all of this compelling testimony, other witnesses who will also say and who have already been testifying, Donald Trump did the same thing they did to E. Jean Carroll uh, to them. You know, you have these you know very talented experts who are testifying on behalf of E. Jean Carroll. And then you're going to show the 45 minutes of Trump's depo, um, video deposition, and then you're going to rest. And then the court's going to look at Takapina and they're going to say, you may call your witness. And they're going to say, well, we don't have any. Uh, we rest. And the jury's there's going to be this moment, right, where the jury's going to be like, they're not calling him. We've sat here now for two weeks. E. Jean Carroll testified, all these people, and they had the burden to rebut. And by the way, while it's not a specific inference that can be made, there is a jury instruction that the jury will hear, which is that if a party had the ability to produce better evidence and they did not produce the better evidence, like a witness who could have showed up, but they didn't have show up, the jury can look at that in balancing the weight of the evidence. And in a civil trial, Unlike a criminal trial, a criminal trial beyond a reasonable doubt, civil trial preponderance of evidence. So just more, more likely than the other side, 51% to 49%. If the scales just tilt in one party's favor, you find for them in a civil case. I think right. that's going to be the argument that E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, makes in the closing. Look, this is all an issue of dollars, dollars and cents um, in order to hold him accountable. You know, that's the whole thing. This is not just for E. Jean Carroll about dollars. This is also about accountability. And I hate this notion that, you know, Takapina was trying to portray, which is, you know, how could you have not screamed? How could you not have done anything for 30 years and so on? You know, it completely negates, you know, uh, the entire argument of how individuals who go through this type of trauma relate to that trauma. Everyone is different. It's why in the area of negligence law, you have something called the thin shell theory, right? The eggshell theory, which is, you know, you take each individual as they are, not as a whole. And by him doing that and casting that sort of wide, wide net, uh, I think he actually really hurt this case uh, as far as, um, you know, the Trump side is concerned. I thought it was a terrible strategy to try to. Now, there are many things that he could have, you know, and possibly did ask, but he, this overbroad sort of generalizations about why didn't you scream and trying to pin her down to a specific, um, you know, response to it, I just thought really lacked um, empathy. And while that, of course, is shown uh, for Hakapina as the type of individual he is, it also is then transferred onto his client. And remember, you are in front of a jury. And I, again, I thought it was a very weak and a very stupid move on his part. There's a reason why Trump and everybody in his orbit, why, why the MAGA Republicans always attack the judiciary, because it is still a place where facts matter. 
And there are some judges they got on the bench where facts don't matter, evidently. But it's still a place largely where you have to present facts in, that are backed by evidence. And you have to support them with declarations under mm-hmm. penalty of perjury. You can't just hold one in the fake four season plumber facility, right? You can't just hold them in the lobby of a hotel and claim that it's an official hearing. There are rules, there are ramifications, and that's where people like Trump, malignant narcissists suffer. I mean, you know, you see Donald Trump fleeing from this federal case um, brought by E. Jean Carroll. Look what's happening in a Washington, D.C. federal courthouse with Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani is not producing any discovery in this case that's brought by Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman, who he just despicably defamed. And the court's like, what are you doing, Rudy? Like, you have to turn over these records. This is actually a declaration submitted today by Rudy Giuliani. Let's pull it up right here. And this is why he says he has not turned over documents. He goes, the Trust Point One documents have now been archived. Trust Point One is an electronic discovery vendor that basically took all of the documents from uh, his cell phone um, and from his computer uh, when there was a search warrant executed on his property back in, I think, April of 2021. The Trust Point One documents have now been archived. I have endured substantial fees and costs in connection with multiple litigations and investigations, and I can no longer afford to pay Trust Point One to keep the documents online. It would cost me over $320,000 to become current on my arrearage with Trust Point One and to have access to the documents, as well as costs incurred in searching the documents again for additional files requested by plaintiffs other than the email files. I do not have the funds to pay this amount at this time. I declare under penalty of perjury that the foregoing is true and correct. Executed May 1st, 2023, and it's electronically signed by Rudy (laughs) Giuliani. He's saying, I can't produce records because I'm broke. Ben, how great is this that Donald goes ahead, right, and post the indictment, he's alleging that, and again, I say it's, I call bullshit on this, but nevertheless, he is still alleging that they raised $17 million. You would think that if there was a benefit to Donald, right, that he would sport out the $320,000 right, on behalf of Rudy Colludi, drunken Giuliani, who's been so by his side across the board, lying for him again and again and again, you would think that he would fork out this money no different, of course, than the big lie that Donald made when he turned around and he had said to all of these January 6th insurrectionists that I will, you know, I've got you, I will... You know, I will make sure that you're all fine. Yeah, well, they are all fine. They're getting three square meals behind bars. But that doesn't mean that they're fine. You know, everybody has a different definition. Donald doesn't give a shit about them. So he's fine, which, of course, is all that matters. It is so fucking ridiculous that Donald can actually do the things that he does. He has Rudy, right, on these email blasts coming out. Patriot, we need your help, yada, 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 send more money, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I need your money, right? 
I'll take care of Rudy. Meanwhile, Rudy's sitting there in an affidavit, a sworn affidavit stating he doesn't have the funds. Listen, I know what he's talking about because these things don't cost, you know, zero. They cost a lot. And I've been doing this all on my own up until, of course, this $500 million lawsuit that I now have, um, you know, two attorneys on. Phenomenal, phenomenal lawyers. I have Idanya Perry here in New York. She's the lawyer that won the case uh, that was before Judge Alvin K. Hellerstein, God bless that man's soul, that had me removed from solitary confinement when the when Trump and Barr and the government unconstitutionally remanded me. But I also have a guy named Benjamin Brodsky based out of Miami, and the two of them together, papers are going in very, very soon. Um, actually, I, they're due. The very first set of papers are due on the 8th. So stand by. We'll be talking about what comes out in those documents. But this shit, this shit costs a lot. And I thank everybody that's been good enough so far to donate to the GoFundMe. If you haven't so far, please, I'm asking you. This is for, like what I said about E. Jean Carroll's case, this is not about money. This is about accountability. Yes, Donald will be held accountable. And in order to ensure that, we need to ensure that the case keeps moving. Um, accountability for Donald is something he has never in his entire life ever had to face. Now, it's not just as he facing the New York Attorney General, the New York District Attorney's Office, right, or the DA of New York. He's also now dealing with E. Jean Carroll. My case coming up in July soon, and I mean soon, um, we're going to be seeing what's coming out of Georgia. You have the January 6th insurrection. And on top of everything, that's number eight, my friends. All right. Number eight is going to be the documents that he stored at Mar-a-Lardo when he was supposed to have returned them under the Presidential Records Act. Uh, this guy is going to soon learn the lesson that he has escaped for over 75 years. Right. And that's the issue of accountability. because. It's, at, it's on his doorstep, and he doesn't like the feeling, which is why he went running off to Scotland, you know, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. But when he comes back, it's right there, right on his doorstep. You know, you take a look at the lawyers who are defending him, and it's very much like his administration. He goes, I only hire the best. These are like, some of these people aren't even like lawyers. Like, have you seen this guy, Tom Fitton? I think we have a photo of him. He wears like these just ridiculously tight shirts that, I don't know, this is the guy. He runs a group called Judicial Watch. He's not a lawyer. It's like the fact that they have Jim Jordan running the Judiciary Committee and Jim Jordan is not a licensed lawyer. You've got advice coming from Tom Fitton. And then you had his, uh, I think his, this Donald Trump's deputy chief of staff was uh, Dan Scavino. Did you, what, what was your view of oh, Dan Scavino? I knew Dan when Dan was a caddy. For That's how he, he got him. Stan was he a caddy. He started out as a caddy, uh, and then ultimately he's a very personable guy. Um, he really is, and he was a um, the general manager at Trump National uh, Briarcliff. That's in Westchester. Uh, somewhere along the line, a terrible argument uh, occurred between Alan Weisselberg and Dan Scavino. He got shit canned. It was only till Donald uh, became uh, a candidate did Scavino contact me 
and you know, with a nice letter to give to Donald about how he thinks about him all the time, it was as Donald would say, it was a love letter. It was a beautiful love letter. And anyway, so Dan asked if he can come in. He came in. I walked him into Donald's office for free. He said he would do his social media uh, because that's what he's doing now, uh, especially, you know, post uh, the loss of his job as general manager of um, the golf course. And um, for free, Trump said, well, if it's free, it's for me. And he got him on. And lo and behold, you know, Scavino did something that few people have been successful ever in doing. Once you are out of Trump's orbit, for the most part, you are technically out. Now, Scavino was out for different reasons than others. He never, he never betrayed Donald. The loyalty was always there. The problem was that he was a he was a very good manager as it related to people, but he was terrible with numbers and budgets and so on. And Weisselberg ended up shit canning him for that. So, you know, that was kind of his job, though, when he was running the golf course. He, it's kind of a job where you have to be good with numbers a little bit at a very basic level to well, manage it. Right. That's kind of the job. Yeah, except, you know, again, he was very personal. All the members actually liked him. He is happens to be a, a very likable guy. But somewhere along the line, he allowed his blind loyalty for Donald to cloud his head. And he's become, you know, certainly one of the chief maggots that is still around. Um, he's far from politically astute. Um, you know, as it relates to social media, I wouldn't say that this social media is really coming out of Dan Scavino. It's coming from other folks as well, um, you know, like the Brad Parscals of the world. Uh, Brad, who happens to be uh, astute at this sort of thing, uh, you know, he's still on board from what I understand. And, you know, you still have other, you know, folks that are out there that are, you know, doing, we'll, we'll call it overlapping stuff as Dan, but nevertheless, Dan stuck it out. He's a familiar face. Donald likes familiarity and he likes the blind loyalty. And Dan fits all those boxes. So, so, he's so I want to give just I want to just pull that back for just a second and give all of our viewers and listeners the timeline because Dan Scavino was just brought in by Jack Smith and testified before the criminal grand jury in Washington, D.C. moments ago, earlier uh, today, in connection with Jack Smith's ongoing criminal investigation of Donald Trump. But the way Scavino got there, if you listen to what Cohen just said, was he was Donald Trump's caddy. He then worked for a period of time at Donald Trump's golf course and managed it, had a falling out with Weisselberg because Scavino really couldn't manage the numbers. And that was kind of one of the job responsibilities when you're running a golf course. You got to have basic math skills. Then Scavino sends a letter to Cohen leading up to the election, basically asking him, hey, can I really want to work for free. I'm doing some social media stuff. I'll work for the campaign for free. 
Um, as Donald Trump that says, what a love letter, what a love letter. This is how Politico then refers to Scavino as of 2019. With few allies left in the West Wing, Trump frequently leans on his unassuming social media guru for affirmation and advice about how his most sensitive policies will be received. And officials say he talks to the president more than just about anybody else. And then at one point he served not only as the social media director of for Trump, but also White House Deputy Chief of Staff. You'll recall call, he refused to testify before the January 6th committee asserted executive privilege. They referred him for a contempt prosecution for the DOJ. The DOJ didn't pursue the contempt prosecution, I think, because they didn't want that to interfere with what they wanted to do, which was to get him before the grand jury, which is what happened today. Donald Trump tried to assert executive privilege. Trump lost that argument. Scavino went in, testified today. And Cohen, the root of all of this, guess what? Is you. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, I, I feel like Elvis on that one. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, let me be very clear about Dan Scavino. Dan Scavino <laughs> is not a guy with an iron consistency whereby he could deal with the likes of Jack Smith right? <laughs> Questioning him. He is as nervous as anyone I've ever met. I wish that that was actually videotaped. I didn't see it. I, I had heard that he was going in, but I would have loved. I mean, that would make the beatdown right now. It would make all of our brigaders that are joining us right now, if not laugh their asses off to piss themselves, because Dan, cannot hold a sentence together, which is incredible that he's the social media guru, deputy chief of staff. I mean, it is truly incredible. Dan wasn't even authorized to buy sand for, you know, for the golf course or you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it was, you know, he, he was there to, I don't know, to basically greet all the members and keep them happy and so on, which he did, and he did well. But I'll be very honest with you. Dan under pressure is not a good, you know, that's not who you want to be relying on when <laughs> there's information. Because rest assured, Scavino has now seen what has happened to people like myself and others uh, in the inner circle that have been thrown under the bus. He lies to Congress. He knows where he's going. And Scavino is not one who is, you know, he's he's soft. Uh, to be very blunt, he's just soft. And he he cannot withstand any form of pressure. I can tell you that right off the bat. So I do hope they release the transcript. It'll be almost as babbling as one of Donald's transcripts. Oh, and did you see the White House Correspondents Association dinner this weekend? I did, and I'll be very honest with you. I'm pissed at all of these at all of these cable news shows and all of these um, regular news channels. No invitation for Michael. I would have loved to have gone there. I actually, you know, I was asked, uh, you know, if I would like to go a month or two ago. Uh, I even put it out there that I wanted to go, and I had a few people saying, "Yeah, okay, you know, great. I know tickets are a little tough. It didn't look like tickets were so tough. That place was filled to the rim with people. Right? I can't understand not." Now, all of a sudden, it's like you just they go quiet on you. They're all there. I would have loved to have been there because I thought Biden, I thought Joe did a great job uh, in his presentation. To be honest, though, not as good as the delivery as Obama. Obama's got a natural comedic delivery that is really second to anyone. 
Um, and he was great with, you know, uh, the whole thing about his birth certificate and so on. But I thought Joe did a fantastic job. Uh, and I thought that people really enjoyed themselves. I want to show you some of these clips. I mean, you know, comparing an Obama roast to a Biden, I mean, that's like, you know, Obama's like 10 of 10, but I thought Biden, I want to show you some of these clips and I got to get your response to some of these Biden uh, zingers. We'll, we'll show that right after this quick break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now, I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work. And frankly, I don't think I even knew if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with a push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week to just one. And here's something cool. My wife, she recently started gardening and we've been able to use the scraps of dirt to help fill her garden. And since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. I feel so great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. I have a basically limitless supply of dirt for my garden. The other week I had my in-laws over for dinner and the food cleanup was a breeze. Plus, they think I'm super eco-conscious now. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com beat and use the promo code beat to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com beat and use promo code BEAT at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. Jordy Micellis, everybody, the best ad guy in the business. You know, I check out Lomi. So, hey, Ben, there's a a couple of our uh, brigaders that are, you know, like, oh, you don't have to take any digs at uh, Biden. Uh, There was no reason, you know, for it. Uh, You know, Obama is different. Biden is different and so on. It's not a dig. I am. Uh, I'm a fan of Joe Biden as a person, uh, as um, our president, and I thought that he did a great job. I was just merely saying, you know, the problem is when you have somebody like um, Obama, whose, um, you know, whose Washington correspondence roast was so over the top, you know, you compare things to one another. And as just as a comparison, uh, you know, I would still say that Joe Biden did a very, very good job. I was personally, I was pleased, you know, to see how well that he did. And more important uh, than how well I took it, the crowd seemed to have taken, you know, took it very, very well. And they truly enjoyed the night. And that's what it's all about. Poking fun, you know, at the industry, poking fun at themselves. Uh, and I thought Joe Biden did an incredible, incredible job. So no disrespect to our president. And look, I think to your point, the fact that Biden can take a joke, right? And Biden was there while Roy Wood Jr. was just, you know, mocking him and joking about it. And Biden was there with the smile because that is a sign of strength, actually. And like, as Biden says, you know, don't compare me to the almighty, right? Compare me to the alternative. 
So let's compare <laughs> Biden, though, to the alternative right now and what's going on in the MAGA Republican echo chamber, right? So while you have this White House Correspondent Association dinner where everybody's smiling and laughing and they're taking digs at Biden and Biden's taking digs, every, you know, it's it's the, it's like normal humor. Let me show you what's going on in MAGA sphere. And this is Mark Levin who talks like that. I, you know, my Mark Levin impression. Mark Levin, you know, in MAGA Republican world, because it's a cult, you have to suck up to Donald Trump. And so Mark Levin has to sit there and go, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people. I've interviewed a lot of people. And the way you say words, you are just... I, I want to let you know you are the smartest man I've ever met. Here, play this clip. <laughs> you say this, Mr. President. I've talked to a lot of important people, Supreme Court justices, presidents, presidential candidates, brilliant people. And talking with you is really the most impressive conversation I've had. Number one, there's very few people who could sit there and speak the way you do from subject to subject to subject to subject. If people would let you speak and actually listen to you, while you have the enormous pressure on your shoulders of these grand juries and other things going on, and you still are able to do it, that is absolutely remarkable. It's a small, it's a low bar. You, wow. You, there's, there's so much to say. There's so much to say there, right? I truly don't even know where to start. You know, shame on Mark Levin. He's clearly not a journalist. Maybe he's the comic here because that's the funniest shit that I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, what we really need is we need Bernie Sanders to jump in there and stand like right over Mark Levin's head. Right? And start, Donald, I do have to ask you one very important question. What the fuck are you talking about? Actually, you haven't said a single word. Right. This is what we need. We need people. We you can't have just one kiss ass Fox type of Mark Levin, you know, you know, conversation one on one with Donald. Did you see how he was trying to look all impressive and stoic and tough as he sat there with the orange bronzer on his face that if it got any hotter, it would start dripping off like Rudy's head at the Ritz Carlton, you know, landscaping parking lot. And so, I mean, this whole thing is so absolutely stupid. And the funniest thing is that the people who are Trump supporters, they think this shit is great. They think Mark Levin is great. They think Donald Trump was absolutely fantastic in that segment, despite the fact that he didn't say a goddamn thing. He didn't say a single word. He just sat there looking all tough. You know, and, and when he wasn't doing that, he was like that. He's like, they treat me more unfairly than Abraham Lincoln. Like, it's not about like jobs or prescription drug prices or education or veterans or like actual issues. It's always like they treated me more unfair than Abe Lincoln. I think we have this clip. Let's see. You understand that. that. You understand something that, that if Donald was around during Abraham Lincoln's time, right, right after the play, he would be the guy that would walk over to Mrs. Lincoln and say, okay, other than the assassination, how'd you like my play? Right. If he, he was the sponsor of it, that's who Donald is. Play the clip. Say that Andrew Jackson was the most vilified president. It was his wife died during this thing and they said such horrible things. 
and he had a very tough presidency. He was a very good president. He was a great general and a good president. Um, Abraham Lincoln, they say, was, you know, he had a civil war going on, all right? But uh, Abraham Lincoln had, was just vilified. He was, but now they say Trump got treated the worst of all. Because what they did is they came up with phony stuff, Russia, Russia, Russia. It was all hoaxes. Uh, the Mueller witch hunt, which turned out to be no collusion. You know, after two and a half years, no collusion. I could have told them that the first day. And they had the laptop. They could have figured that out because on the laptop, if you look at it, you could have figured that out easy. But uh, there's never been anything. Despite that, people are saying it was one of the most successful presidencies in history. And I believe it was. Again, we built the greatest economy ever. We'll do it again. We built, we did things rebuilding the United States military. I rebuilt it. And then we added Space Force. We added a, a force. We added a branch of the military. It hasn't been done in 80 years since Air Force. It is the, it's the dumbest. I, I, I rarely curse. This is some of the, it's some of the dumbest shit ever. I mean, it really is. <laughs> like, he just built, makes up stuff. Man, we built, I created we built a force. Space Force. We built Space Force. Nobody else built Space Force. And Space Ghost, who's going to be the admiral, he's right there at the front. You can't see him because he's a ghost. All right? And ghosts are not things that you can see, but they're there. And it doesn't make a difference. So, Mark, why are you asking me these questions? That's you know? the problem here. He is so no. everywhere. He's everywhere but nowhere. He is an he built the economy. He built another branch of the government space force. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's so absurd. And a lot of people, a lot of really smart people are telling me that we had the most successful presidency ever. Now I'm curious. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. We know now we know who these people are. It's Dan Scavino. It's not even Ivanka anymore because they're not even speaking. Probably it's idiot Eric and Don Jr. When he's not, you know, drunk or whatever the fuck he's up to, right? Or some of the maybe people that are working for him at Mar-a-Lago or the idiots that stand up and keep calling him Mr. President, Mr. President. As he comes in, everybody stands to clap. I mean, these are the people that are telling him, yeah, yes, for them, it was the single most successful presidency because they raped the system. They took advantage of the system. That's really, that's what you're talking about. I mean, look, I, I don't remember the exact number. I'm sure you could pop it right up on Google, Ben. But Jared Kushner, for example, I think he took like over 13, 14, 15 million dollars of PPP money for his multiple companies. While, while at the same time, we also know that he and Ivanka Bagged $600 million while they were senior advisors to the president, that she had all of her trademarks approved by the Chinese government, right, once Trump was taking office. I mean, these are not normal things, but don't worry. Don't worry, there's a laptop. And all the information is in that laptop. So far, I haven't seen shit come from that laptop. Personally, I'm interested. The only thing that I've seen so far is something I'm not interested in, and that's Hunter Biden with a drug problem. I'm really not interested in that. Everybody in this country knows someone who unfortunately is afflicted, you know, by this by this deadly disease. I mean, I have two friends who've died from from drug overdoses in, in just the last few years. It's really it's a terrible situation. And as far as I'm concerned, I have no interest in seeing somebody else or another family's misery and sadness. 
I really don't. I want to see the things that he's talking about. I want to see the illegal or, or you know, unconstitutional things that Donald keeps referring to. And as far as the Mueller report is concerned, because other than Don McGahn, I am the second most quoted person in the Mueller <laughs> report. They did not exonerate Donald Trump from this Russian collusion, as he likes to call it, the Russian collusion delusion. It is not. They just did not go ahead and they, Merrick Garland, for whatever the reasons might be, elected not to pursue the matter and it was not uh, sent for a criminal indictment. Well, of course, and that's after Bill Barr basically falsely represented what the report uh, stood for and put numerous poison pills within the investigation. But, you know, point well taken. But when they talk about Hunter Biden, here's the thing. I don't really care about Hunter Biden because he he's not in the government. He's not like Kushner or Ivanka or Don Jr. who's actually making policy. But nonetheless, no one's above the law. So in my view, if Hunter committed a crime like tax fraud or prosecute him, I could care. I don't care about that at all. But it's it's your point, Cohen. The, the MAGA Republicans aren't focused on like tax crimes or anything like that. What they're focused on is mocking him for a drug addiction, something that millions and millions of Americans, tens of millions of Americans suffer. Everybody has a family member. And the way President Biden was compassionate to Hunter and said, I love you, son, made me like Biden more because that's the type of person that anyone suffering from drug addiction needs in their life. So to mock that to me is utterly disgusting. Or then they talk about sex and they t they show clips of Hunter Biden's genitals or you know or or, or Hunter Biden having sex with uh, people and you know in the most recent one this is they're fixated on Hunter Biden having consensual sex. And like Marjorie Taylor Greene, I don't know if you saw this, like in her most recent speech, because she speaks for the MAGA Republican base, she does this whole speech about him and goes, you know what? Have you heard of this thing called Pornhub? And did you know that Hunter has a Pornhub account? He is vile. He is trash here. I won't do the whole impression, but, but watch, watch her speech. Watch what she's focused on. Play this. Here's what I found out this week. There is a website, you may or may not have heard about it, called Pornhub. It is a disgusting porn website. As a matter of fact, it should be illegal. I can't even, I don't even know why it exists. But Hunter Biden used to have multiple accounts on this Pornhub pornography sex website. And these aren't accounts where he could go watch pornography. These are accounts where he posted his sex videos, like the ones that are on the Hunter Biden laptop. This week, I found out, you want to know what? He still has an account on Pornhub where his videos are posted. It is still live and active. This is the son of the president of the United States. Hunter Biden is the most disgusting, vile, embarrassment, piece of trash. And that is what is a reflection on our country. And they attacked President Trump and his family? 
I don't care how people vote, Republican, Democrat, independent, non-political, whatever. That fact right there should be so offensive to every single American that we do something about it. I am very serious when I say we have to impeach Joe Biden because he is corrupt. Because because Hunter has a point. Anyway, think about the logic that she's now employing. Hunter Biden has an account, all right, on Pornhub. Whether you like Pornhub, you don't. I'm certain that I'm I'm pretty sure that probably her husband or her ex-husband, whoever he is, probably was watching Pornhub too, better than laying in bed with her. But putting all that aside, at the end of the day, Joe Biden should be impeached as a direct result. Just think about the logic that. Now, Hunter Biden's disgusting. Listen, if that's how you feel about it, no problem. I'm not going to take that away from her. She doesn't like her porn hub. Okay. You know, probably has it in somebody else's account, but we'll never know. And at the end of the day, what ends up happening? Somehow, that becomes a national embarrassment to the president of the United States, a man who has served this country a whole lot longer than she has, has actually accomplished something other than trying to protect individuals from being able to go out and to purchase firearms, but not just firearms. I'm talking about AR-15s without any background checks, without any documentation, just a free fucking for all. But she's not the national embarrassment as she gets up there. Her, there is no logic. There is no stream of, of reality in anything that comes out of her mouth. And the fact that people in her state still vote for her and she gets reelected, I mean, I'm, I'm, that to me is the embarrassment of our country, that a pig like her has the ability, and she is a fucking pig. She is nasty, she's disgusting, she's disgraceful, and she's still a Congress member. That to me is the biggest disgrace. And, you know, there's all the reports about her cheating on her husband, who, by the way, ran her family's business with like multiple people and like tantric sex gurus and what like, but it's like, don't act like you do it, do what you want to do, but don't act like you're the moral, like the police of like people's ethics and people's yeah. morals. Like, and by the way, Donald Trump actually, if you go by her logic, right? Donald Trump didn't just watch Pornhub, right? He found the person on Pornhub had three seconds of sex with the person on Pornhub and then paid hush money, falsified hush. business, right? So yeah. let's just think about the logic ultimately there of, of the connective tissue. But let's go back to though, as, as Biden says, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. So right. we just showed you there the alternative. And let me show you what President Biden had to say about Marjorie Taylor Greene at the White House Correspondent Association. <laughs> Play this clip. <laughs> I want everybody to have fun tonight, but please be safe. If you find yourself disoriented or confused, it's either you're drunk or Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> And I'll show you this one more clip, Cohen. And this is Biden saying. Marjorie, it should have been Marjorie Toilet Green. 
And so even, even though you weren't there, your presence at the White House Correspondents Association, your aura was there because President Biden had this zinger about Donald Trump about this is a little bit of a switch that uh, at this point in time, uh, a president is now being offered a hush money, not the president making an offer of hush money payments. Here, play this clip. Folks, I go where people are. The Daily Show. Roy's a great guy. He once dubbed me the Jay-Z of Delaware. Don't let that look in your face, you did. Tonight he asked me to keep it short, even offered me 10 bucks if I'd keep it under 10 minutes. That's a switch, a president being offered hush money. You see, the connective tissue is all right here. Back to political beatdown. Cohen, I'm so glad we were able to do this show. I know you and I were both running around today, but we were not going to let down the brigaders. Let me give you the final word, Cohen. Well, final word is this. There's a lot that's coming up this week and next week. Um, going to keep you in the loop on everything and anything that occurs. Our Tuesdays and Thursdays are going to be the days. You know, who knows, Ben, we may even have to throw in an additional, maybe a Wednesday on that one, depending upon when this stuff comes out. But there's so much still that's going on. And as always, like I say, you know, here at Political Beatdown on the Midas Touch Network, on my Maya Culpa podcast, one of the things that we strive to do and we ensure that we do it is we don't we don't play with the truth like you're starting to see on so many of these you know, cable news shows now. Um, you know, we all used to turn around and just look solely at Fox as being, you know, a misinformation um, haven. Well, it's not true. That misinformation is coming in other places as well. I mean, like I said, when I saw somebody like Ty Cobb on Aaron Burnett's show, I wanted to throw up. This is a guy who wants to sit there and attack me and call me a convicted liar without, again, continuing the sentence, what I lied about, and who is the benefit, the direction of, in concert with who, that they all leave out. And the interesting thing is he himself was involved in the crafting or at least the reading of the document that I ultimately read to Congress that ended up as the 1001 violation. So talk about hypocrisy at its best. Yeah, I acknowledged, I said it, I am the one whose mouth it came out of, and I am responsible for it, and I suffered the consequences and the penalty for it. But that doesn't give him the right to turn around and to sit there and to deflect and to say, oh, I'm good, he's bad. Everybody everybody today, you know, it's so easy for them to deflect from their own, you know, errors and from their own malfeasance in this case. But here on Political Beatdown, I promise you something, neither Ben nor I will allow that to happen. We call it for what it is. We call it straight. You know, will we make a mistake here or there? Absolutely. But we will correct it. All right. Uh, we, we don't stand on the principle where we refuse to correct, you know, our mistakes. Not accurate. We actually do. And we actually only talk about, you know, what we know and what we see. And if you notice, we back it up, whether it's with articles, we're backing it up with clips. And with us, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get hands up, beat down, all right, of everything that's going on. So thank you all for being a part of us. You know, um, I promise you, with us, you get the truth and nothing but the truth. 
Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers wherever you get your audio podcasts. Brigade, make sure you download Political Beatdown on audio podcast as well. Subscribe on audio. If you're just an audio listener, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Check out Cohen's book, Revenge, wherever books are sold and wherever audio books are sold. If you want to help out the Legal Defense Fund and Michael Cohen, it's in the descriptions of this YouTube channel. We really appreciate that. And again, hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Help us get to 1.5 million subscribers by this summer. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. This has been the Political Beatdown. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.